0: kind of start with um like a nice intro and, um, and it's like two token system is maybe a bit misleading but a reputation-based token system might be better so I, mm-hmm. I don't know but that's maybe something we can um, we can define or talk about. So I guess the, the problem statement, I'll, I'll try if I can bring this up, is that um, in a DAO or in a community, you will have reputation and that reputation, you ideally want people to earn, but not be able to sell it and transfer it to someone else, right? So mm-hmm. um, kind of like my, like if I have a degree, a unit degree, you don't want that to be mm-hmm. sold ideally but somebody has to work for it but then i guess the the problem is that that then is not really a reward to work for so you get that token you have status and maybe that gives you some things but um the idea of a token is also to have something like liquidity so you can earn it and you can sell it on a market and maybe cash out and have a share of a business right so that's kind of that that problem i guess we came upon and um yeah we've found some interesting avenues and, uh, basically like, yeah, other, other articles, other people thinking about the same thing. Most recently, optimism, um, launched something very similar to to the idea that we've had and are discussing, right? So, yeah. Is that like a good summary of the problem?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's a pretty universal problem, right? So I was thinking about it um this morning in the context of like like even bigger outside of DAOs, right like the governance of countries like local politics or whatever like you're always faced with the issue of um somebody's you know in that case somebody's running as a candidate uh, to be elected how do you prove how does that person prove their reputation And how do I, as a voter, get any kind of transparency into who they are and what they stand for? And rather than just listening to what they say, like I would love to be able to kind of check their actions, right? Because that's usually what. Yeah. Well, so that might right, so that might be the solution. At the moment, mostly it's like resumes, like you know, CVs and like letters of recommendation. (laughs) It's like super sketch, right? Because it. nobody really checks up on anything you put on a cv very rarely and like you know i i can easily take the same job experience that i've had like i've done this obviously and like tailor my experience to fit the job i'm applying for for example right so if you're running for political office obviously you're going to make it sound like you're like you've done all this service right you're very generous and like a servant leader blah 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 Go kiss some babies and like do shake some hands and stuff, but like does it really reflect um your actions in the past? And so like having something like a verifiable public ledger kind of to check up on, like, oh yeah, this person really did spend a bunch of time doing this or they, you know, worked on that, that that would solve, I think it would solve a, a huge problem for like public trust. and then of course like on the micro level like within a dao or within an organization or like what i said already like with the cv like applying for a job i like it seems like it would work across many dimensions right to have this uh verifiable um, reputation system
0: and it would give use to it right i i I mean it's probably wrong. I, I said I said in the beginning that it like the status doesn't really have a lot of use, but that certainly is use, right? So if you could use it to um apply at a different DAO and um, show that you've done done work with with another DAO, you can use that right. And you yeah. get some kind of NFT or status tokens and you can show that you have that amount of status tokens and they can't be bought and they can't be transferred. So it means you have to have gotten them through some work. So if the issuer of the token is then trustworthy, then uh, yeah, I guess that can count as something like a CV.
1: Right, yeah, so then the, I guess what you said, like the issuer has to also be trustworthy, right? So that's then an interesting layer on top of that um so i guess we also need like a meta (laughs) reputation system for the issuer somehow so how would that work
0: yeah well i mean that now goes into something that's called self-sovereign identity um Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it's kind of a system that uses blockchain don't necessarily has to but um how self-sovereign identity works you have Um, someone who signs a credential that could be a university signs a credential that you've um, done a degree at their university. So they're signing it and they're signing it with their private key, similar to you doing a transaction on the blockchain, right? If I send you some ETH, I sign it with my private key, then only I know, but you know, my public key. And so you can know that it was signed by me. And and that's kind of um, how that would work and what SSI in self-serve identity, when it uses blockchain, what they do, they publish a record onto the blockchain with um, with the name of the institution and the public key. So everybody can see on the blockchain, and that's the part that's immutable, then everybody can see that this is the university XYZ, and that's their public key. So if they signed something, a certificate, then we know, at least, that it's from this university that has signed it. And if you trust that they keep good care of their key, then then that's a pretty good uh, way to do that, right? And reputation, right. yeah, I guess comes with a with a name, and I'm not sure how that would change, but um,
2: well,
1: yeah, it would be cool, right? Because you could <clears throat> you could then run run a query and kind of see all the certificates issued by this address. Like, say it is a big university, right? They will be issuing tons of these all the time. Yeah, and then you could actually go and track like, well, what have the people that have received these? What what did they go and do? So it would become like a super interesting like network graph that you could like watch, you know?
0: Yeah, you could up, right? Yeah. yeah. And essentially, the the part that verifies that information is the the person that needs to trust, right? So the employer or mm-hmm. the landlord, um, if you're applying for an apartment or Something like that, right? They need to trust the issuer, and if if that's the case, then uh, yeah, it's good. So they can then just check if the if the thing was signed by them, and really only signed by them, and um, then that's a way you can verify it. So that's yeah, I guess like that's a really cool topic to to explore and go down into and and, and figure out. Uh, I think like the KILC protocol that I've wrote about does something like that. And, and yeah, SSI in general is, is a super interesting topic, but you could also do this with like um, NFTs and, and the model would be similar, right? It would be a similar way you can issue an NFT. And if the NFT is issued by some authority or someone with reputation, like let's say um, a big DAO, uh, then uh, yeah, everybody can, else can verify that it was really signed by them. And um, you can use that as reputation then, right?
1: Right. And then so, but I guess to take it back to the uh, inner workings of the DAO or like Optimism um, Protocol. So they have created this two house system, right? Or they, that's what they call it anyway. So what is it? Token house and citizen's house or something? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the... Um, the idea here is, I mean, it's it's very similar, right? Except it's uh, kind of narrowed down to the governance of the protocol. So this could work within a DAO or just like yeah, like governance of a protocol, any kind of uh, project, I guess. And the split here is, um, like you said in the beginning, Flo, that you want to have the token to be able to give a monetary reward to people, um, or or let them speculate, or you know whatever it might be, whatever you do with tokens. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, but decouple that from the governance of the protocol. Um, And then, so I guess what, like, so how do you earn the citizen tokens, I guess? So it's proof of work, right? Or is it like, I guess it's to be defined by the issuer
0: or how that works? Yeah, they could could do it for anything. Um, I mean, like if we think of a university, you have to do all these tests and at the end you have to write a thesis or um, let's say and, your driver's license.
3: And pay all this money, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and pay all the money. <laughs> or like for a driver's license, you have to do a driver's, driver's license test, right? Driving test, yeah. or whatever that's called. And um, if you want to become a financial advisor, you need to do a test for that. Or if you want to, yeah, an accountant, everything. And, and then the government often, or bodies of the government issue things like that. Um, where, yeah, you you get a token for, for getting something and getting tested on something.
3: The quality of that credential is also a, uh, it also depends on the balance of how that credential is allowed to be earned, right? If if there was a university that was just giving stuff out because you'd pay a lot of money, but the tests were really simple, um, then it wouldn't be, that good of a credential because everyone would know oh, all you needed was money to get it, but then yeah. take it to the other extreme. If there's a university that was so you know so difficult to get in, and so you know almost impossible to pass, and you take ten years to pass and get a, a bachelor's degree, no one would want to do it. So at the end, that's not a good system either because you know it's just too onerous. So uh, there's also that aspect of balancing. Yeah, the difficulty of it to show, you know, show show that work was done, but at the same time, you don't. It's not about making it the toughest thing out there, you know. It's not like a. It's not. You need a barrier of entry, but it's not really a competition to say that barrier has to be the highest.
0: Yeah, and and maybe you can even like, this can even be something like incremental, so you can climb ranks, right? So maybe the university system isn't actually that good because it only has like these two levels, but then, and and you do that, um, for how long, how long do you do for a university degree? I don't know, six years or so. And then you've got that degree, Mm. but the rest of the 40 years that you work, there's nothing Mm. like that, that ranks it. That all comes from like different employers. There was no real system on how to do that, but a system where you could like similar to a video game where you could just level up and like, increase these levels over time and uh, collect more points. And that could be tokens in this case, or NFTs. I think that would be a much cooler system to use. Like much, a lot better for everybody, for applying, for somebody. Like let's say you apply for a job or you want to hire someone, um, anything. If you could just show these tokens yeah. and the other side then basically trusts whoever has issued these tokens um, to you. And that could be a government body, that could be a university, that could be a, an employer um, or a DAO. And they would say, hey, this guy has uh, added a lot of value to what we've done and, and he therefore has knowledge. And we've given him these all of these tokens, right? Therefore, that's that's his level kind of. And, and so he could use that uh, to show that elsewhere, right? So I think we're getting there with, with all these different initiatives. I mean, the A16Z article is similar they argue with that same um, yeah. idea, right? That you, yeah, kind of have this non-transferable reputation or status token that you can use for, for these kind of things.
3: I mean, if we think about, um, I just have to think about, let's say you mentioned driver's license, right? You do, you do this test and then you, you, get, you take these lessons, you prove that you've listened to what the instructors said and you've proven that you've got some basic level of coordination, right? And then you get given this card to say you're now allowed on the road, right? So that's, that's one level of credential, correct? But then um, that's very different from being Michael Schumacher, right? Like, cause then that, that credential is a different credential. That one's, you, you, anybody, let's say, you know anybody's allowed to be in a race car, let's say but it doesn't mean that you're gonna win a race and so maybe there's also that aspect of, you know, there's proof of work, but then there's also NFTs where you can give out to, to like really insane levels of work that was done, right? That showed um, not only time put in, but actually a good mixture of discipline and talent and project management and whatever, you know, yeah. to, to come away with something that is really like, you know, the year 2022 whatever whatever champion right and that thing yeah. follows people around forever right
1: was it uh, that's a really it's good a... point
0: yeah
1: it's a really good point jake so like <clears throat> i've spent a lot of time trying to figure out online marketing right so you can spend endless times uh, endless amounts of time trying to boost the revenue of a project or trying to start something from zero and you might and it might not work right like if just the effort you um, put yeah. in is not necessarily equal the outcome. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky balance probably, right? You want to reward, I, th- I would think you want to reward generously with, um, these non-transferable tokens, like with coins or whatever we call them for people to mm-hmm. put in the effort, but then there also needs to be a layer of kind of sh- proving result in a way, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. he was head of yeah. marketing for three years. Unfortunately, the company is broke now. It's like, ah, maybe he's not the best head of marketing, you know? <laughs>
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and also, it also gives, um, it gives that, that, that wildcard effect as well, right? Like there might be somebody that doesn't have a degree, but might be a gun in, I don't know, in sales, right? And if he sure. shows or so he's done something before, he doesn't, he doesn't have a, he, he, he never went to an online marketing university, right? But he's got a Twitter account that has like 5 million followers, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, you know he's not credentialed, but the result is his credential yeah that's
0: true yeah the the community kind of voted him into this into this place right
3: yeah cuz he was in a way in competition you know he is in competition with everyone else for attention and he came away with this
0: result yeah. a lot of attention yeah. yeah yeah i don't know maybe yeah that that's go- that goes into the whole direction of like how do you distribute such a reputation token, right? It could be, mm. and, and you could do this by by like voting. You could have a community in a DAO and they could vote every month on a fixed set of reputation or status tokens. And they could all collectively vote on who should get what part of the, the share of tokens. Let's say there's like 15 tokens distributed every month. And then everybody votes on which member gets what share of these 15 tokens? Not sure, right? But, and then like when you use these tokens, then outside of the DAO, you would have to expl- go and explain the mechanism that was in place at the time they've issued them, right? That's basically what you have to do. But nobody does that. You know, even like if, when, when you've applied for a job and you've shown them your uh, degree, have they looked at like how difficult the tests were? And, you know, they, they just look at, Okay, that's the university and I've, I've heard of them. So it seems okay, right? Right. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: And it's also in a way a bit unfair, right? Like, let's say we, we all three of us went to the engineering school, let's say, and came away with an honors degree, but my test was super easy and the other guy had to, you know, study all day just to get qualifications to take the test, you know, and half his class fails it's it's so it's it's unfair as well to to judge based on that just that layer uh, yeah yeah for sure but i mean anyway
1: there's also also a game to that right doing well at school is a different game than than doing well in professional life so yeah but i i don't know but there's always going to be there's always going to be levels i think to the to that
3: but oh, yeah. I just wanted to, to to say that just to illustrate that reputation and status sometimes it's not linear. That's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there That's is right. the 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 bit that you get through open the door with, you know, you get your foot in the door. And then there's that bit that that exponential bit that goes to the moon, you know. Mm-hmm. If if I was to say, hey Lovis, you you know, you've got a nest egg, you want to invest you want to invest that with someone and you say, yeah, 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 please, I don't have time. I, I want to let somebody take care of my money. You're not just going to say, oh, anybody that has a CFA or, or whatever. Yeah, you know, you're, you're going to ask him, hey, how have you performed, right? You know that the CFA just means that he knows what a bond is and a stock is, and a, right? It doesn't mean that he knows the right one to choose, you know? Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah,
3: 100%.
0: But how do you test that you need some kind of track record that you look at, right? Most of the times.
3: Yeah, yeah, and in many That's aspects, um, in many ways, when we when we get to a more senior position in our work, right, in our careers, people start start to ask you less about your degree, right? They're more like, if you if you've worked for ten years, the the degree would be like, oh, okay, I know this guy studied here. Probably give me some insight into his culture, into his networks, right? Oh, that guy studied at a Chinese university Oh, he must have good contacts in China right that kind of thing but if, they, if they're already 10 15 years into a, a line of work I'm gonna be asking them hey what did you do you know tell me something cool that you you made happen and yeah you know it, it's so different the, the the kind of questions you ask as people move up that seniority rank
0: yeah, yeah. but this what did you do? that could be in a way something you could reflect with the token, right? So a lot of communities already do that with like, with POAPs, with proof of attendance, This this proof of attendance protocol. And they basically issue an NFT if you've been to some meeting, or if you've been to some, if you've completed some course, then you get this NFT and you you you, you have it and you can show it. So you can actually prove that you've done something or completed something or worked on a project. It could be like, you know, you've worked on this, um, critical software implementation project and at the end the the project manager um, issues you this token saying like you've been part of it you know you've done a good good job in that you've been the i don't know you've been one of the architects or the developers on the on it yeah
3: maybe, maybe we can maybe do I a co just... that's sorry
1: love I think we have a small delay. That's why we always cut into each other. But um, I was just saying yeah, with sorry. our with our consulting projects, we should issue those to clients as well, both like internally and externally, because it can also become a, a badge, right? Especially since the topic is tokenomics and we help with the design. So then we have a paid engagement. We also issue them some sort of NFT or POAP. And then if we do that consistently, and these projects do well over time. It will really, really also boost the reputation of the DAO, right?
0: But like only if they show it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the the idea. Like, where where do they where do they where, do they, where does the client show the PO up? Like, I could see I like know. a consultant where he would show it, yeah. or somebody that's worked for us or with us.
1: But we have to. We have to issue the well, so the thing is so if we only issue it internally, then yes, so then the DAO says, okay, like Lovis worked on this project, so that's that's good. But if the DAO also issues it to the client and somehow somehow they match, it, it you know, doesn't yeah. then maybe it also becomes even more reputable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe the client I doesn't have the to way show it. Maybe we just have to build a site where they can, where you can enter their address and like verify like, yeah, they actually did work on that, you know, but then I guess, I guess we could just spam everybody with our, with our, (laughs) maybe that wouldn't work. You can have
0: the client sign it and send it right. You could say you could build like an app saying, um, Hey, thanks uh, for, for the project to complete it. Please, um, sign this transaction here. We'll issue a PO app to every, uh, consultant that works on the project.
1: There you go. I think that would be
3: super cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I would love if that POAP, the A was not attendance, but was achievement. I think that would be really cool. You know, so you could give that POAP out to people that say, you can say, hey, you know, uh, been been part of a million USDC worth of projects in a year, right? Like that's like a, a million dollars worth of projects in a year. Yeah. Or something like that. You know, that that would be a pretty sick sort of achievement badge, right?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's even that's even cooler. Like if you have a PoApp, a proof of achievement <laughs> protocol. Yeah. And you would in that would it, basically put one of these, like you, you could quantify it. You could say, like, hey, he worked on yeah, um, he completed four successful client engagements, or he wrote uh 20 yeah. articles for tokenomic style. And then we could publish that. And or you had like Correct. um he had one article that had over fifty thousand reads um yeah yeah one
3: million twitter impressions but uh, on a on a tweet on a tweet right? Yeah. Right. Or something like that yeah yeah because those are those would be freaking cool uh, i think status badges to get right and yeah um yeah and just now when you we were talking about giving it to clients maybe that would work if we got together with other DAOs, right? And then do so, like come together to come up with something that says, uh, you know, it's like a third party thing where the client would be able to say, um, been built for like a thousand hours at certified DAOs, you know? So like they, they, they use it as a way to show that they're supporting DAOs as a means of getting work done you know, so they could say, hey, 60% of our, whatever we're trying to build in our project was, you know, built by DAOs and these are members of the DAO. I mean, members of this, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it, the guild of DAOs or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then it's not just tokenomics DAO, but any other DAO that's out there, if they get, it gives the incentive to a web three project to go hey i want DAOs to do it if i can rather than getting it done by a traditional uh, entity
1: yeah yeah so this tweet the other day it said the real winner of the nft craze was fiverr (laughs) (laughs) because i guess a lot of people hired artists from fiverr to design their nfts but um i think is yeah i don't know if it's true or not but
0: i think like this on-chain credential thing um, or like achievement, I don't know how how you want to call it. That's like a a really big topic that's now emerging. And I think the more, I think there will be like lots of different initiatives and projects and DAOs starting their own thing. And then I hope at some point there'll be this consolidation where you bring it all into this like unified format. Um, And that, yeah that's going to be really cool. I mean, yeah, just, I don't know. Just think about when you're like applying for an apartment, that's always the, the, the use case, this main use case they bring with SSI and you have to tell the landlord to give him like your uh, last paychecks and um, your rental history. And then some, contact at your employer some previous uh age rental agent i don't know what all this kind of stuff you have to send them and yeah they can look into all this information you don't know where they store it Uh, so it's like all a bit of a privacy issue i guess um but it's also cumbersome for you to get all this information every single time you apply um Mm -hmm. so if you could just have that on chain issued by by like my bank, let's say my bank or a DAO or someone else just issues me this thing and then I can just go and use it every single time I do something.
1: Yeah, well, so in that um, scenario, flow though, like uh, like a bigger deposit, like a financial security would also solve a big chunk of the worry of the landlord, wouldn't it? Because like that was always the thing that I found curious in the US, like trying to rent an apartment yeah, you do have to fill out all this paperwork. Um, but then the deposit is only like two, three hundred bucks. <laughs> and like in Germany, it's the <laughs> other way. Like you pay like two yeah. or three months' rent in deposits. So it's like thousands, right? Yeah. But it's a lot less paperwork. And yeah. um so I don't know, like this. Yeah. So like not saying that Here's you should be able to buy both. that reputation, but but of course, like, like kind of like staking or like putting capital at risk does also it does also work into the reputation to some degree right
0: yeah yeah to where it kind of like proves yeah because you have skin in the game you kind of make sure that you're not lying or cheating on that thing yeah
1: you know there's some sort of recourse right if you do lie then at least there's
0: uh... Well, yeah your money's on the line somewhere then in that Yeah. yeah so i guess like this whole status thing And that's, it's all super interesting. You know, you can use it to, for all these different reasons that we talked about, but like um, what it does not have is this ability that something like a token or like a normal token that you can sell that's transferable or shares have, right? They don't have liquidity. You can't just go out and, and, um, and exit the thing that you've invested or you've worked on and and profit from it. And so that's why I think optimism with this latest announcement, um, that's why I think they've done this like two, or this, not, I don't know if it's two tokens, but um, way, and the way it is, right? They've got this citizenship, which is non-transferable. So in, in some way it must be a token. Um, so you have these two tokens, I guess, and one of them you can you can use to you can sell it and profit from it, and the other one is just your reputation thing that you can show. So the other side, I th- I guess, like, is also really interesting, right? How would how would you get that, and and what what then gives it value, and what functionalities do you, do you give it?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe it's also a form Wait. of uh, entitlement to earn token, right? So the finance like. I, I really like the nomenclature that A16Z had where they called the status one like coin and the other one token. Yeah. Um so maybe we can separate it like that so we don't just so we know
3: what we're talking about. But so well, maybe the coin define and,
0: it. So they said the coin was the yeah. Um
3: oh, wait, didn't they say points though? They said points. Oh did They're, I mix yeah. it up? Oh
0: yeah. Sorry. So they said points for the okay. reputation that we've talked about. Um and points. Uh Optimism right, calls right, right. Yeah, it points. citizenship, right? So we've got points in the citizenship mm-hmm. and then they call the other one, the coin and Optimism calls that their token, their OP token. And the token is on both sides, uh, this transferable thing, like your regular token that you see. That you see. But Sorry, yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I so just, yeah.
1: So the points would be non-transferable. Maybe they even expire if you don't keep up like whatever, like you could program them however you see fit to um, keep them valuable as a representation of status and um, like, I guess, effort, achievement, like trust, reputation, all these things, but maybe they can also give you some sort of entitlement to earn tokens, right? So, it, so in that way, they're not, yeah, they're not liquid. You can't sell them, but they're definitely not worthless either, right? Because you, they do represent some sort of income share or profit share or something like that.
0: Or maybe just access, right? In our DAO, this could be access mm-hmm. to <clears throat> consulting engagements or to be published on the platform, uh, things yeah. like that. But yeah, maybe even some like share on, on revenue. The thing that I mm-hmm. kind of found um, or that it was missing in this A16Z article so basically the article is is talking about this whole topic. And I think they lay it out quite well that you know we have this the, the problem that we've just been discussing. They lay out this, this problem that um, you need reputation, but you also want liquidity and, and the tokens. And, and then they they suggest that you could issue these points um, to people who do work for, for a community, they get the points and you can't transfer them. But since you have them, you are entitled to the token. So you get the token issued to your account, and then you can use that token. That's kind of your reward. What they don't go into is like, what where does the demand for the token come from? And that's something I'm really missing in this whole piece. Um, you know So the alternative could be you have this uh, this point or citizenship in optimism you have this non-transferable token, and that then entitles you to, to revenue from stable coin, right? So you don't need a second transferable token, but if your DAO no. creates revenue uh, or profit, then you get a piece of that profit, but it's paid out in, in like just stable coins or, or ETH, I don't know, something. Yeah, some, that, something that, could be that you didn't have to, yeah. c-
1: it's not your custom token, it's some other token yeah us dollar token exists
0: are, are. yeah
1: yeah yeah that's actually also an excellent point right because in a lot of ways i mean yeah, having a token i guess on, on optimism they said yeah yeah, we're launching a token but that's just like our goal is to get from a to b and we're using a car so that's like the mode of transportation like but the, the car is not the important part it's from getting from a to b so i think they also very much said like yeah yes we're launching a token but don't focus on that like what we're building here is the cool part So I guess that's, um, I like that idea to actually question whether or not you need the token, right? Because I always think reducing complexity in any system is always a win in a way.
0: Yeah. Um, Tokens do have benefits though. I mean, they help you to, I guess like, I mean, you could raise time so you could pay people with the status tokens, that would be enough. if they then, because they hold them, would get a share of the revenue or the profit that the DAO makes. That would make them really worth working for, I guess. Um, but the piece and the share of revenue would to some degree have to be tied to the issuance of these points. Because otherwise, if more and more people get the points, then the the revenue will kind of be like split to too many people, right? And then it's not really worth having well, and you can't even yeah. sell them so yeah right well there I needs really... to be
1: a function where like everybody working on the project makes you know not the sizes maybe get smaller but the whole cake's getting bigger so that you know like the so it has to be a positive sum game in a way but um but yeah of course because if, if you just have then 10 consultants working one project nobody wins <laughs> but if yeah. you if you yeah. have 10 consultants who each bring in business and everybody has room to work on their own project then of course it will be great right yeah um
0: mm. yeah i, I yeah, still so do think a token has like a transferable token has benefits
1: of course of course it does and i mean just from the perspective of a dow treasury being able to um Create liquidity around this value you're creating is is amazing, right? Because it's like a taking the your ideas, the creativity, and also the all the input of your members, and being able to kind of almost pay in advance on that value you're creating, um, like IPO style, almost is is uh, is phenomenal, right? It really helps bootstrap these projects. Um, so. But then, of course, there's also point for criticism because then a lot of people are like, well, if you really analyze it and you look at the fully diluted market cap, like is this DAO really worth hundred million dollars, which all they make is like, I don't, I don't know, some insert some sort of activity. Um, but then I guess you know, I don't, I don't really know what point I'm trying to make. But it, that's a problem that already exists in the traditional finance world too, right? I mean, we just, I just saw this picture this morning. I think Jade uh, shared it in a different group, um, market cap of Tesla versus all other car manufacturers in the world. And it's about equal. <laughs> so like, yeah. it's, how do you justify that? Um, but then of course, it's amazing if you are Tesla, because that means you have capital to realize your your vision,
3: right? A lot yeah. that would be a very different flow like imagine you imagine every car manufacturer was a different pr- protocol right and tesla would have very little revenue but their stock would be worth so much right so you know if you were bought into tesla and you've got that token that tokens value would be way higher than whatever revenue dividend that tesla is going to give out you know yeah, yeah. and and there's so much back and forth right with people discussing oh is that price right and uh, doesn't seem right it's a bubble whatever but the point is that price is being transacted on so in a way if you wanted to you know be on the side of that philosophy where the market is always right then yeah you know so in that case people would be very happy if they own shares rather than just their revenue because Tesla probably has nearly zero dividends, I think. And revenue-wise, they'd be way lower than the Toyotas and the Volkswagens, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. So their share, see, you're just comparing it, right? You're saying, like, if you bought the share, then you might be 10X or 20X and you can sell that. But if you would have, let's say they had a separate share that was non-transferable, that gave you yeah. a piece of their profit, then you, right? Yeah, we would have gotten not so much because they're not making any profit. Right. But they're, yeah, the shares kind of price in, and I think that's the majority of the valuations is like this future, right? It's like this typical growth stock evaluation. is this like, oh well, yeah, in ten years yeah. they'll be self-driving and they'll be supplying all the taxi companies and and AI and and whatnot, and battery, and that's all the stuff that they will have, and that's why they're so valuable, right? And, and that's why the, to- and that, the the share price is so high. Yeah, and because yeah.
3: in Web3, I guess, like we, we, we briefly discussed this before, right? That maybe most projects, you would say, are, are leaning towards the growth side of things rather than the value side of things, right? So nobody would be so, I think, incentivizing people with with revenue or dividends. Okay, if it's a very stable 100-year-old company, if you're talking about Coca-Cola, maybe, you know, maybe people would be okay with that. But in a fast-moving, growing industry like what Web3 hopefully will be and continue to be, I think uh, if you wanted to pull talent into the area, they probably would not be so excited about just getting uh, a piece of that dividend revenue going forward you know
0: i agree yeah yeah so you somehow we, need that token yeah. as well
1: need a little bit of both right mm. i mean because if of course you can operate with very little or no revenue for a while but i mean it, there is a point where it becomes unsustainable right i mean the mechanisms that enable like these insane growth stock company valuations also has a lot to do with super low interest rates for them to borrow money and blah blah, blah. so like there's a ugh, there's a lot of pathology that also goes on with that um that i don't i don't think is is good ultimately for yeah i mean unless you're like a very skilled trader and you can like write these trends up and sell at a profit all the time then it's great, but but if you're like buy and hold, then I don't know, I'm not like, of course, then yeah, I don't, the the big winners of the dot com bubble are still around, right? And they've uh, increased by fifty thousand percent in value. So maybe what I'm saying is wrong, but um,
3: no, I think you're tricky. you're not wrong. It's just it's just about timeline, you know. It's yeah, just about the, at at a certain point in the in the future. Apple won't exist right at some point. It might be 50 years, maybe 50,000 years. I don't know. But at some point, Apple won't exist. Amazon won't exist, right? So, it's. It, I think it's just about time time scale, and in which timeline are you looking at, the boundary your investing decisions? And I think for people that are working in projects in the Web3 space, everybody's looking. To compete and to grow and to to eat market share, right? So, in a way, they're not they're not there for the stable for the stable payout of three percent of revenues forever, right? They wanna they're going for all the marvels. They they wanna be in a project that it's gonna take over the world, right? And in that situation, they want that ownership. I think they don't they want that ownership and at at the when the time's right, they wanna be able to cash in and cash in quickly. Right. And if you you can't, exactly. And you can't, nobody buys a call option for dividend, right? Or maybe there are some, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how would you issue it then? Like, I mean, would you just, if you think about, let's say we, for us, tokenomics that we'd launch two tokens, we'd say we have one token that we issue for reputation and status. And we, and and everybody can use that to apply internally for ranks. that kind of stuff. And it maybe give you some other attributes. And then there would be a second token that we pay out as a as a reward. But it, let's say you do something for the DAO, you do some contribution. Do you just get two tokens? There'd be like a different this? payout mechanism. And what like mean, what, yeah what are the other specific functionalities of the tokens then, um, you know, I guess like the one, the, the, the thing that optimism does, they, on the one side have, I guess the thing, if I understood this correctly, they have, um, both sides can vote, right. They have the citizens and they're non-transferable. So they want some influential people that, that can vote on, on issues. Um, and the the token holders so the capital that comes in and, and buys the tokens they can also vote. but there's like this you you kind of have that balance right because uh, between people who've been with this for a long time or have kind of earned their position and and people who have just bought into their position yeah but yeah just uh, well still- it's
1: kind of like the, the you know division in government right I mean the uh house of representatives and um the other one <laughs> <laughs> or in germany the, uh, the senate. talk. The senate yeah thank you or in that seems like a good idea to introduce to kind of give everybody a, a voice which is probably smart um because that way you also keep in mind because you know, investors or people with capital are also very important to your project right like it's also oh, not yeah. fair to say oh they just like want to buy a reputation tell us what to do it's like well maybe their interests are very well suited to your project you know but why wouldn't they be um, yeah, yeah. You know, unless you like hate money um, or unless you have something that's like locked value and somebody's trying to steal it from you and they're doing it through buying up all your stuff i don't know but i think generally speaking investors opinions should be heard for sure um and then give you like a yeah the system of like checks and balances right so that both sides are represented and they can kind of um discuss it out and then make a decision that sounds really cool um so i guess like it's almost like having uh somebody represent like new members uh, like there's a, say there's a new membership chair in ourda and then there's like a contributor chair and like a og principal chair <laughs> something like that and they just like meet and they argue over stuff and then at the end they come to some sort of consensus and then that's how they decide to go and i guess you could inst- rather than voting for individual representatives you can kind of uh crowdsource these decisions right by giving everybody a vote yeah. Um, through governance, governance function of a token.
0: Okay.
3: I guess in, in our decision, when like when we discuss these things, right, it's always important to focus on what we're solving for, you know, there's the incenting, incentivizing aspect, right, to the whole token payouts and distribution. And then there's also the governance side. And I just just wanted to say that we, we need to be clear, like, okay, first if we're we're talking about governance, then what do we actually want to govern? What are we governing for, right? Is it just, you know, what, what are the decisions that are going to be put to the floor? And how do we even, how do we even decide on that, right? Like, like, I always thought one of the weaknesses of democracy, right, is sometimes some, for certain things, you don't really want the masses to be, to be voting on certain things because maybe they're not the most educated on the topic and not, you know, uh, this is gonna sound el- elitist, right? But if, if you've got a democracy where everybody votes on everything all the time, then, and 95% of the people don't even know the ins and outs of the issue at hand, then you're just gonna dumb down the whole process and you end up everyone becoming more and more lost, right? So. Who gets to vote? One thing. What people should vote on is another thing, right? And it's so complex. So I think we have. I don't even know which one should come first. Do we first discuss um, what other things that we want to actually be voting on, and you know, have have that as a as a first step? You know, everything else follows a certain constitution or a manifesto or whatever, and then we define what might be the gray areas that you know, our simple founding document doesn't cover, right? And then we say, these are the things that we need to vote on. And when these votes need to come to pass, these are how we, that's how we want to vote on it. And these are who can take part, you know?
1: Well, I think um, typically it's done. I mean, so yeah, of course we, we could define an area of like kind of we define the channel of discourse right and so within that channel you can then make proposals for example and it's i think yeah yeah and um i guess you could have a different um point like different points allow you to make proposals on different subjects maybe in different subject areas um but i don't know if that's I, so if i envision like a lot very large organization with thousands of members where like Or maybe 10s of 1000s of people holding points with different interests and they're working on also very different things I could see where that could be very useful that you can kind of. um, subdivide and like rely on people's uh, expertise in these areas to make a proposal that really addresses a need it's not just like political mumbo jumbo. Mm -hmm. Um, But like when you're starting out, I think again like I'm worried about the complexity because. If you have like 10 people or 100 people holding these points, I would assume that um, they all should be heard, like most, or they should at least all be in the know of what's going on, right? Yeah. Um, And then I guess if, if they vote, then that's also up to everybody individually, right? So just because I'm bringing forward a proposal doesn't mean anybody's forced to vote on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, it's it's it'll be tough to solve this problem. Like who's actually informed yeah. it, as part of the vote? And you could, I don't know, you could do a thing where somebody has to read or listen to um, <laughs> that, right? But then you
1: get a POEP for listening to it for an hour and a half, and then you yeah. get to vote. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Like you use the POEP to vote. Um, if you've listened to the community call, where somebody explains the details of the vote and the proposal,
1: yeah. so there's um, there's actually much better systems for finding consensus than like a, than just plain old voting. You know, like voting A or B, or even if you have multiple choice. Like, so I, I have yet to see this uh, being realized on on the blockchain, which, but I think it'll actually solve a lot of problems because so that, you know, I learned about this uh, technique called um, systemic in German is systemic consensing, I guess, in English. But it's, it's really cool. So the basic idea is rather than voting like, yes, I'm for this or for that, or I'm for this and against that, you're voting. You give, they say there's five proposals and you're giving each proposal points based on uh, resistance to feel, you feel it to agreeing to it. So say if I give a five is the highest score. So that means maximum resistance, means I'm not for this one at all. And zero would mean my favorite proposal, let's do that one. The cool thing is that it creates a data rich environment because now we have basis for discussion, right? So now I see who voted which way, and then I can go and say, hey Jay, why, why do you not want us to buy three Lamborghinis? I see you put five there. But now we can have a discussion about it, you know? Because I won't get to buy three Lamborghinis unless I get you to lower your number.
3: <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to say because I wanted to buy six. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, well, no, but, but see, yeah, but so this... Good point. But so this would come out, right? Because usually if you vote against three Lamborghinis, I would just say, well, he, he's just against it. I have no idea why. He likes you race, but so. if you're like... Um, it's kind of cool because yeah. you know Ferraris makes, all day. <laughs> it gives you more. It gives you more data to work with, and I think it increases the quality of discussion. Because then when you when I go to it's like Jay, what's wrong? Like, and you're like, oh, I want Ferraris, and also I want six of them. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not an issue of like spending too much money. You know, we
0: at least we clear yeah. that up. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think that. Yeah. Maybe snapshot has something like that. Um, that feature I haven't actually checked, but that'd be interesting, governance wise. And then uh, look at I you. don't
3: know the Swiss model so super well, but just from you know casually f- following a few of the different petitions and votes, like they've got more direct. I think direct. I mean, I might be wrong. Okay, I'm just sharing the little I know. So caveat, but um, I think for them the governments are very. It has a nice balance with being very conservative while allowing for risk-taking, right? So in a sense, uh, I, from what I understand, the, the government's there to just enforce what's already always been agreed upon and how you know it's always been done, no, no changes, right? Their role, their role is not really to take adventurous steps, but just to administrate the, the government in the way that it's always been done. But then when something comes up where, let's say there's a war somewhere and they wanna take in refugees, right? Like that's something like, let's say new and and contemporary. So then what would happen is they would go around and get people to sign a petition to say, hey, this is something that uh, enough of the population thinks it's important for us to consider doing. So once it, they've hit a certain threshold to say, okay, there's a hundred thousand people that want the Swiss government taking refugees. There's a hundred thousand people that want the Swiss government to uh, back the currency with gold again, whatever, right? Um, then the government goes ahead to then discuss, right? Their version of parliament go, goes and discusses the topic for, uh, a, I don't know, a few weeks or months. Everyone gets, um, educated on the topic, the pros and cons get talked about, and then there's a vote. And I think even for the vote, when you're voting to change something, it's not like a 50-50 thing. You actually have to have something like 70% or something to say, hey, we need to change this so that we can now move in this new direction, right? So that's, I like it because it allows for informed consent or disagreement. Um, It also allows for this nice balance of conservatism with liberalism, right, uh, you, you, you you can take it, you can't, you can take risks, you can do something new, but it's not willy-nilly, it's actually, it needs to be informed and discussed first. Uh, so I don't know whether that could, could be some, we could do that with, to- like, with, with the governance of the, the DAO, right, like, in a way to say, hey, things only need to get voted upon when xyz conditions are met and how many number of token holders or you know uh, point people with a number of points right agree that this thing needs to be voted on then a vote gets called and uh maybe then a few discussion calls can happen and like you say that with the poap like you need to take part in these calls before you can um
0: put in a vote you know yeah yeah yeah, I think that's an interesting thought, but I, yeah, but I, I, and you didn't mention it now, but I do think that like both points and coins should be eligible to vote.
3: Yeah, uh, sure, I, I, I think yeah. so too. I think the only issue is the, I think the only issue is the fear that people that can buy tokens might overwhelm the voting process, which you can then put you know, you can put stops in place to prevent that, right?
0: Yeah. So that there's always the like a balance.
3: Yeah, there's a balance. But at the same time, who decides what that balance should be? Because maybe citizens shouldn't get that much votes, right? If Like, if we def- define how a citizen, we all have romantic ideas, right? The, the word citizen is also such an emotive word, right? But let's say class A and class B of people, right? We decide the balance between these two ones not based on financial uh, resources one's based on the the citizenship one is based on things that are non-financial right but the question is okay so how much should they get the the the, um, impact of voting maybe if it's too much it's also not good
0: yeah yeah that's true yeah i don't have an answer to that
3: yeah. And, and, and I think that the cool, we're, we're trying to solve for like governing, right? Like people have been trying to solve this since the beginning, you know? So we also have to be aware of what we're actually saying we want to do and, and, and not overcomplicate things or not chew off, bite off too much that we can't digest it, right? Because yeah. also we're trying to build something here. And if we spend too much time worrying about how we get governed, we lose that speed and agility too, right? And resources. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we don't need governance, but I'm saying be cognizant that, you know, we don't wanna become a crazy bureaucracy as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the amount of time I mean, that we it, talked about it here in this podcast now, um, I don't think it reflects the importance. I mean, it is important, but like at, for the time being, I think we, we can kind of park this a little bit, the whole governance thing, yeah. right?
1: I think i think in- for where, where tokenomics style stands it's important to have the discussion more so than it is to immediately execute on all the ideas yeah. right yeah. <laughs> yeah but having, yeah, having right. like, talking about it is very i think is very valuable and kind of uh, getting a yeah, pulse absolutely. and seeing what's what's out there right like uh, analyzing these these papers and articles that have been written and i think this this like two token thing, like all of a sudden I see it everywhere, right? Like a few months ago, there really wasn't much uh, buzz about it and now everybody yeah. wants it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely very interesting. Maybe there'll be three tokens soon, who knows? God,
0: yeah, so one thing that I'm still not clear about is like, should or do these two tokens have to be linked? Or are they completely separate?
1: What do you, so like, what would be examples of linking them?
0: I mean, in the A16Z article, they argue that everybody who has um, points gets uh, coins paid out so that they're linked, right? So you you have to have the one token to get the other and some of the mechanism is linked. But you could also do the mechanism completely unlinked, I'd say, you'd, do, you'd write an article and you get 10 status points and you get 10 uh, token points. And the one, the token points, you can uh, spend them, you can sell them on a secondary market and people might want to buy them. And the other um, token you can't and you just hold it, but they don't have any linkage, right? And I don't know what the, what the benefits really are. Like I said, the one weakness in the A16Z article for me was um, they talked about that the people who have points, they would get paid out the coins, but like, I didn't see any description of what gave the coins any value um in this whole model so that's something i think they missed in the article
1: you mean other than the description of status but like they didn't go into the governance function of uh, points for example
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah i exactly. thought that was a yeah. really good point made um by you and uh community member young young in the demand side of tokenomics article that I think it was in that article that like governance is, governance is access to resource allocation, for example, and that is very valuable in itself, right? So a lot of times like, well, it's kind of been like, um, the idea has been like commoditized in the sense that like, oh yeah, every token is a utility token because it's a governance token, yada, yada, yada. But being, allowed to actively steer the resource allocation both financially and like where you spend focus and effort in the community is is intrinsically valuable right yeah so agree. maybe maybe the points maybe that is kind of like the more tangible value is the governance
0: yeah so that gives like both both of them some kind of kind of value right and then we can think of other mechanisms i don't know what. Um, Maybe you can you can still, um, I don't know somehow. If you hold them, that gives you access to the community, um, a certain number of these valuable tokens because you can sell them. Maybe that that gives it some more, um, yeah. like friends with benefits do it, or Bankless DAO, or I think many others as well. Kind yeah, of establishing this multi, multi-layered, DAO. right? Like yeah. so, if
1: I have the consulting PO app whatever that might be, or the NFT, I can engage in consulting projects and have an, have an avenue to generate revenue for myself that way through the DAO. Then being involved in governance decisions is valuable. Possibly getting a revenue share from the DAO might be one function. Um, simply being able to have access to the Substack Medium. Uh, you know come on a podcast whatever for
2: like publishing, the publishing yeah.
1: arm so to say of the DAO, that's very valuable because you get an audience and i think you could layer you know many many different ones of these on there and i think it would make the demand for points very very real um yeah i think that's the
3: important point that it makes it real it makes it tangible right louis yeah it's a so means of connecting the two and making it relatively tangible to each other, I think.
1: And then, but then where does the demand for the token come from, right? Um, so
3: I guess the also- demand for the token comes from the token itself having value first. If it's traded somewhere and it has a dollar value attached to it somehow, a fiat value attached to it somehow, then in, in people's minds, it just away really turns into a resource, right? And more resource is always better.
0: Well, like somebody, there needs to be a buyer. And where does that buyer come from? Right? So if we, let's say we create a million tokens and we issue them to everybody who does, writes a piece of content. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then these people who are in these tokens, let's say, I have 10 of these, and I want to sell them. Who's going to buy them? Right? We have to give someone a reason to buy them for like... Why would you buy um, Tesla shares? Because you think you can sell them to somebody else for more in the future because they're going to value the company more. And and that's maybe based on, I don't know, maybe they're going to grow into their current valuations and they're going to churn out billions and billions and trillions of revenue in the near future. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you can... You can sell your shares for more. That's something that would be valuable, right? So there yeah, I don't know there has to be this at least some mechanism that well, that connects it to that.
3: Well, wouldn't the tokens be in a way like equity to what the the you know equity to the towards that t- protocol well,
0: they not really project? I think the the difference between equity and, and normal tokens or utility tokens is that with equity i mean if if something happens to the to the company at least you could in theory turn in your piece of share for a piece of the of the company right so if mm-hmm. tesla goes bankrupt then you with your share in that whole bankruptcy process they would sell off all the assets and things like that and you as a shareholder um would would be entitled to some of that i know it never reaches yeah. the shareholders because before that comes all the debtors yeah. and, and things like that so it never yeah. comes to you actually but that's the theory and i'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's the same for tokens right because there are no but well, we could assets.
3: make it that way right <laughs> well, or you could make yeah we don't have physical assets but you but could, intellectual property maybe you know the
0: content earned, yeah and they could yeah. own
3: Yeah, the revenue that let's say, let's say, I'm not saying we're going to do ads, but let's say that the ads on a website, let's say Twitter starts paying out people, contributors money for posts and impressions and whatever, like token holders might get a call on those things, right? So that would put demand on it. And then once things start to grow, say each token gets paid a dollar a month at the moment in revenue share, and in 12 months' time, they get paid $10 a month for each token. You know, it tells people, hey, the trajectory of this guy's looking good, they're gonna grow. And then that pushes people into that Tesla, Apple, Netflix mode, right? Of, oh, they're growing, they're growing, I want some.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: It could
1: also be a component, um, especially for people that are getting started in our ecosystem, where we do ask them to buy a token and stake. Or maybe I hate, I hate to use staking because it's so misused, but uh, lock them for hold them some sort of initial or just hold them, right? Just, uh, yeah, some sort of uh, like, Hey, I'm interested, Uh, you know, I'm serious about it. I put, you know, whatever, whatever number of dollars uh, into your token. And that might be a, a prerequisite for one level of access, you know? Um, and then so like, okay, well, to get this first PO app or not, not first, but like this specific PO app, you do have to hold a thousand tokens and you have to write a Twitter thread, whatever. <laughs> These are the two requirements. And then you do get a point for that. After that, mm-hmm. you can sell the token, but, you know, chances are you won't. I mean, I don't know, maybe people will, but I think there's a good chance that they also won't. Um, so that might be kind of like a, a connection of it.
3: Um, yeah, true, yeah. And then,
1: and then uh, Flo, you had brought up this idea before where kind of the community members also helped to, to kind of bootstrap individual project ideas um, and put, putting some capital on the line. And then with that, um, very like very like tailored to the project they're working on might be entitled to future benefits that, that project produces um i guess but so like this idea from like the micro like putting it back on like the dow level um yeah but i guess that is the most equal to equity in the in the whole organization
0: yeah 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 i think they're pretty good things to start with i think <laughs> yeah um
1: well so the, it could be both an entry-level function, right? But there could also be a tally of like total tokens earned during your, t- doing your work with the um, DAO. So like there's a f- freelancer platform, I think Upwork does it. I think freelancer.com does it, or maybe Fiverr does it even too, where they show kind of how much work the people have done on these platforms also by a function of how much, how many dollars they've earned over time to give you just like, is there like a, Uh, like it's like a it's like a what do you call it it's like a normalized just like you know five star like indicator yeah and it's either a lot or a little and like that can uh, can give you also some sort of indication so you could do that with like how many tokens have they held or traded over time i don't know i don't know if that's a useful function or not true yeah and then so as people move up the ranks you could also kind of like similar to the you know law firm or consulting firm model when people become principals they might have to again also put their own capital on the line they might have earned it working for the dow right but yeah. they might also be outpacing that and they want to maybe become a principal before they have a hundred thousand tokens or whatever yeah and so then they would have to buy them from the market
2: yeah, but that sure. might
1: be that might be a completely fair function, right? Very useful function.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of cool ideas to explore, but um yeah, like you said, this uh, two token model, it seems to be popping up a lot. I think two token model is actually a stupid name because <laughs> it doesn't say a lot. For me, it's more of this, a uh, reputation token and liquidity token. I don't, I don't have a better name, but better describing would certainly be you have one reputation token and one liquidity token that you can use to sell.
3: Yeah, that would be Optimism the description is, yeah. of the token. That would be the description of the two different tokens. But the the reasons behind why people would want these tokens, I think, would be incentives versus status, right? Um, but status also could...
0: incentivizes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But one's a lot more... <sighs> yeah, okay. The direct... I, I would say the, the liquidity one is yeah a lot more direct, you know, put food on the table kind of incentives. Mm-hmm. So...
1: Is one maybe financial and
3: one is not financial? Yeah. Yeah. One is influence, one is financial, right? Or not even, in, I don't even know if it's purely influence. It's, it's a more, it's a wider thing than just influence. It's access, it's network, it's, you know, Reputation it also, says, and a lot yeah. of times get, gets you some financial benefits too right
0: yeah it might score you a better job better project um yeah something some good connections
1: points and coins when man. i
0: say incentives
3: when i say ince- yeah when i say incentives are uh, maybe in the i like when flow mentions building gravity right like one i think the the basic token if you're paying people well and, and the value of the tokens going up then that builds gravity in the sense that it generates interest in the project and it brings people to the project and they they, they want to bring their energy in right their attention first and their energy and yeah. then when they do well in that arena then they start to build status right and reputation yeah. true yeah and that's why I think maybe when you asked earlier the weakness or when you said the weakness of that article was how do you get demand right for, for that token? I would say I don't even know if, if it's so um, important to get that status side of things, that status token done properly until the primary token is done first, like if that project's working well enough. Then you start worrying about how people in that ecosystem is gonna get organized via status, because if yeah. not, you're you're like giving out status to a per- in an ecosystem that's not calling for status, right? Like nothing's really being done properly yet. So why do we need status at that point in time?
1: Yeah, but. To be, um, but uh, Jay, to scale the organization, you do kind of need to organize, right, the people yeah. a little bit. I actually would have gone the other way. I would have said we probably need the um, status reputation token first because that's effectively what we're doing, right? We're running cohorts and trying to qualify people to help us with content production and consulting projects. But first, before we can give them that level of access, we kind of need to know that they're interested that they know how to write, <laughs> that they yeah. understand tokenomics, like all these things, right? So then- more sophisticated. Um, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But then nobody so far has asked to get paid, right? Everybody so far is just super eager to be there and could love to contribute. But if you can give them something, even as little as a Discord role, they're like, whoa, this is so cool, right? Like level up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah the-, the, the is like more... Sorry, you go.
3: No, no. I just want to say all that, that, that PO app, Poap
0: badge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this the status tokens or Poaps would be just better version of Discord roles. Nothing else. More sophisticated, on chain, trackable. You can use them elsewhere. All that kind of stuff is -hmm. what they would bring. Um, I think. But that's so cool,
1: right? That is incredibly useful to our organization, right? Beyond the three of us or the 10 of us or however like the fact that it motivates people to show up and do stuff yeah is is phenomenal right and not just as a function to like oh well because we want free labor like has nothing to do with that it's like um we're coming together based on interest like it you know the content we've produced naturally filled with people based on their interest and there's a chance to engage and like to kind of you know step up your game in that context in that arena is um
3: super super so let me um i would say then i think what i was trying to say was there's no need to link between the two like you don't need to give out the tokens yet in this at this stage you know yeah give out status and start start organizing people based on their ability to 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 work and the ability to deliver and their enthusiasm and everything right um like hierarchy of competence you know um but maybe i don't know if we, we would be biting off too much if we want to now then straight away say okay once you get this poap app you're entitled to that number of tokens and etc cetera, etc cetera, right because then it's really you, op- you open a can of worms to, you know, I need to try and describe the people, hey, but these tokens do have value because we, we, we think they will have value because you know, Tesla.
1: Yeah, they uh, line it up as a pre-launch function almost of the token, right? So if you have status, then you're now not entitled to get any of the tokens, maybe some, maybe there's an airdrop or something, but it's a very small amount, but you're you're now allowed or entitled to purchase the tokens, right? So maybe mm-hmm. you, maybe you can purchase at a small discount or something like that because you have proven that you've, you've already added a lot of value to the organization, so we wanna reward you for that. So on launch day, it launches for a dollar, you get to buy it for 85 cents or something like that.
0: Yeah, but we need somebody oh, to track that, everybody- that contribution. That, that's right. happened so far yeah i think that's something we're still missing
1: yeah so yeah dummy token yeah. until then and <laughs> tipping function in discord and yeah get to the minting of the Poaps as soon as possible
0: <laughs> true
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah very true so have we missed anything have we anything we haven't discussed yet about this reputation token system landscape
1: i'm sure and that's like the fun of it, it
0: right? <laughs> yeah. tell us what it is um, <laughs> if we have yeah. i hope i can use this one, now one thing an I w- article on it
3: one thing i would like to bring up though is that even though we I, I, I expect that um, we agree that it's an iterative process and as time goes on, we'll keep adjusting to get better and better, right? At incentivizing and keeping people motivated and being fair. The, the downside though, is that the more we uh, iterate, the less, we seem consistent, right? So people can make long, they want people want to make long-term decisions based on stable systems, right? And if we iterate too much and too often, then the system becomes, it, it, it gets us to get viewed as an unstable system, right? And then people might not stay for the long haul. So it's just another thing that we need to keep in mind and keep in check.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so at a, at a certain point, only only governance decisions can make these changes all right so then the people active and supporting the protocol or the DAO would also be the ones making the decision and thereby would probably to not think of it as unstable
2: because it was their decision maybe
3: yeah yeah but again i think it would be also about balance, like if the governance people, the people in charge of the governance, make too many, if they're the only stakeholders in the, the thing, then okay, but if there's also a large group of users, I'd say, right? Hmm. Um, and they feel like what I haven't, I haven't followed for six weeks. And now I'm back and everything's different again, it might give them pause, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sure. True. But yeah, I guess like bigger changes, We would take some time for that, Mm. ideally.
1: So like in protocols, these kinds of decisions or this like approaching instability have led to like hard forks, right? Where then two sides like had different opinions and they could not reconcile. So they were just like, well, then they'll just be two from now on and you guys go do your thing and we'll do ours.
0: Exactly, yeah.
2: And then once
3: Is that a new session now.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Has this happened on a DAO level too, Flo? Did, did you know of?
0: Mm. I haven't really heard of any. No.
1: Hmm. But I guess because it wouldn't be such a like forking event, right? People can just go on and start their own. It's like not really.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, Yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Here it's like more the people that are the the key resources. Maybe the brand, the reputation of the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What,
3: but if if people are really unhappy, they just sell their tokens go start something new, and tell everyone on Discord here I started this new
2: project. Exactly.
3: Come over, right? Yeah. There's no source code you need to work, really,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. One of the beauties and one of the, yeah, one of the beauties of the system is that, you know, everyone can migrate wherever they, they get treated best and they believe it's the best return on investment, return on time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that is, a, I mean, that is like the base layer governance function, right? You vote with your feet, you just leave.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly digitally.
1: like just join a different server <laughs> like yeah
0: out of here. <laughs> yeah it's much easier than um the physical voting with your feet yeah you can still do it But well,
1: it's much easier than giving 30-day notice or something like that
2: <laughs>
0: just please yes yeah just sell your tokens and leave do something else yeah. yeah but that's cool i mean that would that could then like drive really cool other projects um yeah yeah
1: I mean that is the fundamental necessity of real innovation right not yeah that's also like okay this is like macroeconomics again but like that's actually also why i'm so pissed that (laughs) we've been in this really (laughs) low interest rate environment where massive corporations can borrow for almost zero and just keep their their little gravy train going because it actually kills innovation right everybody's like oh but amazon google blah blah they also innovated from like no they're not they they're just they build a machine that makes some money and they've yeah. been using billions to keep that machine running. They have not built a billion machines. I mean well, okay, of course like of course they have been incredibly innovative at some point, but radical innovation is something that's like the zero to one stuff what I'm talking about, right? So yeah. make something out of nothing. And we've had very little of that actually in the last 10 20 years and I do think it's a lot because of that. So I like this kind of, it's a lot more, um, maybe it's a lot more harsh or cutthroat, I guess, but, const, you know, I don't know, Like constraints is what creates creativity in humans, I think. So also this problem being faced with like, well, I, I have no resources to build this. How do I get resources to build this? Like, that's always an awesome problem to solve, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. and if you can make it, then that validates your idea. And if you live in an environment with like unlimited resources, why even try? <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But the issue even even worse, right? Is unlimited resources being given to a very centralized few, and that's yeah. the issue because they, you right now when you think about it, everyone's not trying to sustainably solve the world's problems. They're trying to make enough of an impact to show that they've got a very crazy trajectory going on. And then they hope for this very profitable exit, right? And the the reason why they're thinking like that is because they know there's no point in trying to make it too big because they can't compete with the other guys that have access to unlimited capital. And so the best way to play the game is to just get bought out by these guys, by these big guys, you know, oh, oh, let's do WhatsApp so that Google can buy us, Facebook can buy us, whatever, right? and and I think that's where the corrupt corruptive process begins. That that capital is scarce except for the very few. And then the very few then take this capital to just buy up whatever might be competing with them. And therefore you end up with innovation getting stymied, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, back in the day, there was this thing about who killed the electric car, you know, and they were saying, oh, actually, maybe we could have gotten an electric car way earlier and the whole grid would have been different. The whole oil and gas infrastructure, what would oil and gas be used for besides pushing combustion engines, right, would all be different. But at the moment, the guys that had capital, or at that moment, the guys with capital was, you know, the big oil company and they said, hey, we'll just buy your patent. We'll just keep you underground. And maybe the guy who designed that electric car got pretty rich, but it didn't change the world, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, There's, I mean, there's a lot. That's a really good example. And there's a lot going into that, right? The supply chain for combustion engine cars is much more complicated than for electric cars, for example. So there's whole countries' economies Namely, the one that I live in, <laughs> depend on that that train to keep going, right? Because if you don't have motor engine blocks, then you don't need the same kind of machinery to make them, or like you know, to forge aluminum, or you know, all these things. So yeah, it's a whole yeah. it's a whole thing.
3: And even the whole um, energy, like if you if you if you not every country has oil and gas to drill, right? But every country can put on a nuclear reactor to generate electricity, you know? And and therefore, that's another layer of decentralization, right? The pe- people that have control of that energy from centralized locations would be very, very unhappy with giving that monopoly status up and saying, oh yeah, okay, every country can now have access to electricity and get industrialized, right? It's yeah, I
2: mean,
3: why why would they want to give up that power?
1: Same for solar, right? Or wind or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a big it's a, a big force also holding back, I think, renewable development is fear of decentralization from like the legacy systems. Um, but yeah, of course, these things also have a supply chain that needs to be figured out, and all that. You know, there's no free lunch ever. But, but yeah, that's uh for me anyway. I think it's a good uh, segue into <laughs> closing this discussion because it's we I think once again land at the place where Web three is so awesome because it helps us create the change that we want to see in the world, even though it's super cheesy, but. Is, working is. together in this format as a DAO, like I think all three of us believe, it's the future of work, right? Yeah. Having having this yeah. like ability to vote, however, with your feet, with your tokens, with your coins, with your points, uh, sure is a lot better than the current system. And yeah, I'm excited to build it
0: with you guys. True, yeah let's hope we can we can get something going on this model cool
3: yeah and whoever's listening any good ideas please let us know
0: yeah absolutely
3: or maybe you want to come on and talk to someone talk the flow on what you think might be the best way going forward would love to have anyone on yeah yeah. All right, then. Uh, yeah. Shall we close it?
0: Yeah.
3: Call There's it a day. Call it this, a like,
0: night. Do this plug.
3: All the love is do the
0: plug. What I'm waiting for it. I know. I, I was like,
3: else to
2: do it. <laughs> no,
0: man. Join our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, you already
1: you already subscribed on Substack. I think we're like crossing 500 subscribers on Substack. We have like over like almost 800 people on discord. This thing has definitely been blowing up uh, and we're super excited to be here and build it with you guys. Um, Find us on Twitter at tokenomicsdao. Uh, There you will find the discord invite link in the bio. I think that's probably the easiest way to find it. And get involved. Yeah, we're running rolling cohorts now. It's still really straightforward to become a contributor. All we want to see is a little bit of yeah, proof of work that, you, that you're interested, that you want to commit, that, you, that you're excited about this. And then we work together on all kinds of interesting things, including discussing how to build our token system like you heard today.
2: Yeah, awesome.